Hey there, good morning. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Honest Teacher. I am your guide on this wonderful adventure lunchbox, and I am happy to be with you today. So, <laughs> let's get right at it. So, a couple things I want to talk about today. When I do my monthly mentor teacher meeting, we, my supervisor and I, discuss various topics we like to uh, bring up with the new teachers and this month's was motivating the students and I wanted to bring in motivating the teachers uh, but I am a talker I talk a lot and I just ran out of time so I do think it's important uh, I can't say it was rather awkward because as the union co-president on privy to information and I found out they were the my school is non-renewing or they're not bringing back a couple of new teachers and it's the first time in many years that my school's had to do that um, but it was discussed to me <coughs> it was discussed to me that these teachers we tried work with them I worked with one to both of them on a couple occasions and they just were not receptive to constructive <sighs> criticism or advice and at one point for both of them it was made clear that failure to heed some of this advice would result in non-renewal and it just wasn't important to them I guess they just figured they were untouchable or they knew better and I'm 40 and I think they're either right about my age or a little a little under it and of course the supervisors they're younger people they're they may be 30 and I guess they looked at them and just didn't think they had to listen to them but unfortunately it led to them being essentially fired at the end of the school year um, and you should know part of the union we can't we don't really have protection in how they release people until they're tenured so it takes four years to get tenured and in that time you can be released for almost any reason um which is for me a decent balance because once you are tenured as you probably know it's almost impossible to get rid of a teacher so yin yang with that so but those teachers were on our call and <laughs> it was very weird looking at their faces and you can see one was just torn up and yeah i mean you no longer have a job um, but we have to look at it pragmatically that we tried. So anyway, so I discussed motivating students and I found a really good article that I shared with them that is stuff that I think excellent teachers and well-balanced teachers do regularly. You know, first is teach high expectations to them. I want you to do this so you have to do that and to me it comes down to making sure they understand what they're supposed to do at every given moment um i have said and i firmly believe that kids are like dogs they need boundaries they need rules they need to know what they have to do and what they can't do kids don't tend to realize it 
push back, but they do. Look at any well-managed classroom. What do you see? You see kids calm. You see kids working. You see kids smiles on their faces, most likely. You know, that shit doesn't happen from fucking movie teachers that are like high-fiving their kids and everyone gets a unique high-five and uh, 10 second clips on the snaps or uh, the tiki talks. You know, that, that shit's not real. That's uh, glamorized. And the real work is helping your students learn how to live in your classroom. And you have to remind them of the rules every single day. This can't be something you teach the rules once and you let it go. And you say, okay, well, they're smart. They'll figure it out. They won't. Or they won't want to. So we have to be reminding them every day what their expectations are, what the rules are. You know, if you want them to sit when it's time to do math, you have to remind them and hold them accountable to it. So that's the second part of expectations are, I expect you to sit in your seat. Here's the reward. Here's the consequence if you do. Here's the consequence if you don't. And then you live those out. Um, it seemed, uh, I don't know. I've been told my room can be harsh because when, uh, when a child's not following the rules, they don't get the reward. And what I explain it is, the child's behavior is their reward. They wanted to act like this. They know the rule. So they wanted to act like this. And their reward at the moment was they got to have everyone see them act like that. Okay, well that's your reward. Enjoy your free time. Like, that's it. You know, and I read a book by Todd Brown, 14 Things Great Leaders Do Differently. I suggest you pick it up. One of the parts in there was set high expectations for your students, but also for yourself. You know, every year I go in wanting my room to be the best. And I don't do that by making friends. I do that by making well-behaved citizens out of my students. And it's funny, being in special ed, if I get new students, they, they almost always need the training because so many teachers just want to get by and so they want to make friends with their students and they want their students to like them and they want their students to really just love being in the room okay but what they lack is that discipline what they lack is the understanding of yeah we want you to enjoy being in the room but in order to enjoy being in the room you have to earn this free stuff so I digress. You got to set high expectations for yourself. Okay. Um, the next one is a little teacher jargony, and I get it, but it is also vitally important. Is you have to teach a growth mindset. Um, I say that be, I say that it's a little jargony because a lot of a lot of teachers have used quick videos and little Pinterest lessons on 
how to do a growth mindset and they they do it maybe once or twice and then they never go back and it just kind of feels like a like a like a shtick so you you can't make it be a shtick a growth mindset is something you have to teach for a long time and this article that i found said it very clearly that growth mindset is the understanding that we change with new experiences we grow with new experiences um, we can build new habits we can build new skills we can lose those skills or those habits based on our experiences seems pretty obvious a way you can develop a growth mindset in a child is to tell them how hard you notice they've been working I see you brought your grade up to a B I can see you've been working so hard on that you've you've done really well you're training them that they can be better you know I've noticed you haven't punched me in three days thank you I enjoy not being punched they've changed their behavior on the flip side and what teachers and well-meaning parents do all the time is they teach a fixed mindset which is this is what I am this is how good I am it can't get any better or worse and you do that by saying you're so smart you're such a good reader you're such a good math you can do math so good you're not showing the student that they're getting better you're telling them these are the skills you have and I don't like that you know I say I've never told my students nor my children that they're smart um, I think that if you do that you're showing them that hey all right I've made it and kind of showing them they don't have to work hard and that's unfortunate so you do that so you show high expectations you teach a growth mindset the next one is very important too one that I struggle with because kids aren't easy and that is establishing a respectable and even and fair and good healthy relationship with the students being in special ed it's not easy to develop lasting friendships with our relationships not friendships but relationships with the students because they are often either emotionally closed off or they lack the cognitive abilities to build these connections with adults but it doesn't mean you can't do it one way to easily foster and develop and grow these friendships with your students is by having discussions with them no risk no penalty type discussions every morning before we begin I want to know what the students did the night before or if it's Monday I want to know what they did the weekend before and I give them all about a minute my middle schoolers I would really have to live with them to admit it because they would want to ramble my fourth graders I have this year I don't set a timer for them because they usually only last about 30 seconds it's hard for them to discuss and this is good because it also teaches them it's okay to talk about yourself um, 
in the Western cultures, we're still being taught that if you are proud of your accomplishments, you're egotistical. If you talk about what you're doing, you're bragging. Well, no, this is how we share. This is how we learn about each other. And I have my students tell me what they did because I want to know. Because I can develop those relationships with them by having them tell me what they did. I can know how they're feeling about their night or their weekend. And then my students can learn from each other. My students can learn how each other are feeling and what they enjoy. And I also share in that. I tell them what I did the night before. They know if I go hiking. They know if I watch TV. They know if I don't do anything. You know? And it's all about having them see you as a person. Because a lot of times kids see teachers as this omniscient being that they're being forced to go to. And we're not really people. That's why when they see us in the in the community, they freak out. Because we're supposed to live at the school. Like, this that's our world. Our world's not out here. So anyway. So that's another way. Um, the other way that you can motivate your students is by having your room be a warm place, a place for safety. Now, this is where I feel a lot of teachers succeed in. Um, a lot of teachers excel at having their room be a place that's kind of safe for everyone because this is where they want to be warm and they want to have the kids kind of enjoy them and so they have a fun room and have a room that kids aren't allowed to make fun of each other in. so that one's almost a little obvious but that's good you know when I have these mentor meetings a lot of this information is hard for the new teachers to take in and hard for them to digest because they feel like they're being in trouble or they're not doing good enough and if I can throw them something like that where it's like no you're doing good you're doing damn good and here's where you're really doing good they go okay good that's good um so I had planned how you can move at your students and I also like to cover how you can move at yourselves because this is all about going into the last quarter. We're in the fourth quarter of the school year, and it's hard for us to stay motivated. It's hard for us to understand our own accomplishments. And I think, you know, we're still wearing winter coats sometimes in the morning, even though it's going to be like 70 degrees today here in the Midwest, which, fuck yeah. Um, but understand if you're listening to this and you're like a new teacher or a second teacher you fucking made it you got through three quarters of the goddamn this awful year teachers may ever go through again unless of course we don't learn a lesson go through this again hundred years but anyway think about it most of us have been in and out of the classroom multiple times this year my area we started in the classroom then within three weeks we were out of the classroom and we we're back in the classroom part-time and then we we're out of the classroom full-time for a little bit then we we're back in part-time and then we we're back in full-time so 
the fact that you as a new teacher were able to do that and not lose your goddamn mind you should feel really proud because a lot of teachers I know who didn't they lost their shit it's hard the students have to adapt and the teachers are difficult so especially if you're special ed dear god if you're special ed and you did this pat on the damn back you deserve all the kudos okay so you need to understand your accomplishments take a look around look at the calendar see what's left I don't normally advise teachers to do this and I won't in my mentor group, but I do think that if you are struggling right now to be motivated, get some sticky notes and whatever, how many days you have left now, start on that top pad and write the, the days out until you get to zero and numerically reversing order write them all down and <laughs> you'll see very quickly that your days are numbered and that's going to help you because okay the guy was riding his bike and I waved him told him to fuck off so anyway um, if you understand if you can see those days counting down it's going to help you out because you know the end is nay. All right. So that's one thing you can do to motivate yourself is count down. You know, start making nothing you can do is start making your plans for summer. You know, don't do it while the kids are there, but start thinking about what you want to do. You know, what swimming suit you're going to wear. You know, what clubs you're going to go to. Hopefully, the cool store. You know, that kind of stuff. So think about that. I'll go. COVID distantly spend some time with your friends Zoom with your parents if you have to you know if you're if you give your students enough heads up change your teaching style a little bit you know if you are a centers based teacher maybe you want to do a flipped classroom maybe you want to do some more whole group Maybe there's a certain unit you haven't been able to get to. Well, you can look at various ways to shift some of your plans around to fit that in. You don't do that. Um, yeah, I got time. Sorry, I'm going for a little longer walk. Um, you know, maybe move some furniture around your classroom. If you're used to having all the desks in one way, turn them the other way. Even if that means you have to change the way you teach, that'll be exciting. It'll come in every day with something new. Maybe you want to plan some sort of a scavenger hunt each day for your kids. You know, when I was full-time sub-teaching, I used to have this um, this lion, this stuffed lion that was gifted to me by a student years before, and I would hide it in the classroom and. Sometimes it'd be obvious, sometimes it wouldn't. And the kids would come in knowing they'd have to find that stupid stuffed animal. And 
that motivated me because I was able to hide it. I get creative. I like dress them up sometimes. So the kids loved it. And it gave me a little bit of sense of accomplishment because I got to do something fun for them that didn't mean anything. You know, it wasn't academic related. So think of ways that you can spice up. Yeah, it's like an old stale relationship. Spice it up a little bit. You know, as long as it's school appropriate, you give your kids heads up, you're going to do it. And again, you set expectations for them. What they can and can't do, should and shouldn't do. You know, so you have to teach them the rules you want to do. Um, you know, if you have classroom assistants, you know, talk to them. See if there's something that they would like to do in the classroom. Some of them may have talents that you're not aware of. See if they want to bring a talent in and how they can bring a talent in. You know, just changing things up a little bit. Especially, go outside. Oh my God, it's the weather's getting better. You can go outside and do a lesson. You know, I love taking my kids out sidewalk chalk for doing math and their vocab words and. I have them write their words out and the answers to questions like it was paper. They love it. They think it's hilarious because I have to read it. I pretend I don't know how to read it and I go have fun. Um, so those are just some ways that you can motivate yourself as well as your students because you are just as important as your students are. All right. So that's the helping you portion of the episode let's talk about what i'm going through okay so i think the last time i talked i mentioned the fact that i was possibly getting a student teacher and it's it's actually happening um my student teacher came in on thursday last week and kind of introduced herself i got to meet her she got to ask me some questions and we did my wife and I did a little reconnaissance on her and she is like mid thirties, I think, but she has multiple, she has like two master's degrees already and like an associate's degree. So she's, she's done some stuff and she said she, I guess was having trouble finding work in her line of expertise and found special ed exciting. So she wants to hop into it. And she's really energetic and want to ask questions. And that's great. <laughs> and so she's going to be starting tomorrow. She's going to be watching me and learning from me and bugging me with questions and stuff. And I love it. Um, the good side of that for me is that I get three college credit hours. I can go spend at local university and I think my wife and I have been discussing it's either I get a doctorate and I get a doctorate in general educational leadership and I just spoke with one of the professors that heads up the department and what's great about this is it's just a doctorate you don't get any other um, uh, certifications no more qualifications you're just the top of what you can do. And that's actually what I got my master's in. I didn't want to get a master's in administration. So I could theoretically get a doctorate that it's just a doctorate in name only, but I'll still be 
Dr. Lunchbox. So, that's good. Um, so I could do that or administration. My wife kind of wants me to lean towards administration. Some of my former colleagues and mentees do as well, but I struggle with that because <clears throat> I'm 40. I have about 16 more years to go before I'm eligible for retirement. Um, how much of a difference do I think I can make? And at that time, it would be 12 or 11 years ago. How much of a difference will I be able to make in a school or growth? Like, would I be okay with just sticking as a principal or as a, an assistant principal somewhere? Or would I always be chasing that next bone? Um, for me, at least, if I get a doctorate, and it's just the educational leadership, just, and I'm that, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever strive to do anything else. I'll have a doctor for God's sakes. Like, what else do I need to do? At that point, I'll be making as much as most administrators do. Because in education, if you're not yet aware, the only way that we can make more money is in a public school. In most states is through just experience and education. Um, most districts have pay calendars that they have steps and rungs that as you gain more education, you move forward and as you have more experience you move up and so you can be a 10th year teacher a 10th year teacher and only have a bachelor's degree or a bachelor plus some hours or a master's degree or a master's for in some hours and then there the school that I work at now it goes up to master's plus 48 and then a PhD or a doctorate um, most districts around me they stop at masters plus 24 so once I have 24 hours after I get a masters you're basically done you top out so then it would be do I want to move well I don't know so you know I have with three months I don't get my college credit until she's done my student teachers finished and that's not until May so I have a month and a half or so to really get it figured out. I mean, <laughs> I think it would be fun being a, a an assistant principal or a principal of some school. Um, but I know from experience, so many of my colleagues get their master's in administration because it's the most easiest route for them. So... If I were to get my master's, I would theoretically be competing with 10, 15, probably other candidates for a principal position. And that's something I really want to fight into. Do I want to work that hard for a new fucking job? That I'll be working seven months out of the year and have to put up with all the teachers, students, and parents, and administrators above me, and board, like, is that something I really want to do, just to make more money, I don't know, you know, I could go be a 
had my doctorate in another district and coach and do other stuff and wind up making six damn figures like so that's something I have to think about um, but the sun's coming up I was going to work out this morning but I did hot yoga yesterday and my body is still super sore from that I haven't done hot yoga well since the pandemic started we do yoga at home and we do like small studio yoga but I went to the studio that we've got a membership to and did hot yoga and whoo oh, the sweating that happened that was rough my body's just super sore but it felt really good but I couldn't work out so I just went on my walk here I am with you talking looking at my lake can't wait to do more fishing this year so I hope as you're heading into your fourth quarter you do see the light at the end of the tunnel you do see that things are going to be better you've done an amazing job this year under very very tough circumstances I hope you have a good day I hope you have a good rest of your year and as always go out there and continue kicking some ass thank you Thank you.